But my TV, when I was rewatching it and had the subtitles on, it kept saying things like pants heavily. I was like, this is really <laughs> uncomfortable right now. It's like I'm watching a porno with like subtitles on. And then I thought, like, what if you did watch a porno with subtitles on? What would that be like? I it's feel pretty like rad. awkward. I do it sometimes because I really need to get the story, but I got to keep it low, you know? I don't want everybody to wake up. Welcome back to Without Limits, a Westworld podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm joined by Jessica. Together, we're going to be talking about the seventh episode of Trompe which I think means optical illusion in French. Pretty cool, huh? Trompe I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I'm trying. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about this week's episode. We've had some uh, reveals. We have uh, more polarizing opinions of these reveals, uh, especially right in our own chat, let alone the internet. And I'm looking forward to tackling it getting some opinions, getting some observations, working our way through this seventh or 70% of the way. How about that? How's that for math? Damn. Through the first first season. Is that the one I'm looking for? First season of Westworld. So uh, we're going to get to it. We're going to open with some initial impressions. We're going to explicate our way through the scenes, uh, talk about things that we need to talk about, and then uh, maybe get to a couple of listener comments and wrap with final thoughts and observations. That's what we are going to do. Jessica, how are you this evening? I'm doing pretty good. I cannot believe that this show is almost over. Mm. And LSK in the chat says season two is not coming out until 2018. I heard this. It's a pretty big production. It's a big deal. So yeah, they got to take some time. Well, that's going to give me a long vacation. Yeah. Well, there's Stranger Things. Except all those other things I've got to do. (laughs) (laughs) Not much of a vacation from podcasting (laughs) or real life for that matter. But anyway, we're here. And uh, we have done a lot of theorizing for six podcasts. We've done a lot of uh, theorizing and chatting and discussing. Uh, You've heard me uh, tell Jessica to stop interrupting me and various other things. And now we're here. We're at the seventh episode. And I'm really curious about Jessica's thoughts tonight, uh, as I am every night. We sit and we watch this together, and we don't really share opinions on it. Um, we try not to betray any of that to each other while watching the episode because we want to save it for the show. That's what we do here at LSG Media. So, Jessica, why don't you start with your initial impressions of this, unless you would like me to. I'm going to give you the choice. No, how about you start today, okay? You start. Trompe-lier. I Sorry. always start. Sorry, French people. And you then you always one-up me by taking what I said and making it better. So today I'm going to do that to you. Okay, do you want me to do your opening impressions the way you usually do them? Yes. (laughs) For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, this is what we do. We sometimes make fun of each other. Um, I thought it was really good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about my projections. I'm so... My name is Jessica. All right, let me give you something for real. Uh, I liked this episode a lot. Now, I've, I've thought about Westworld quite a bit the last few days. And I really thought a lot about it last night after watching it, after watching it again today. And um, I like the idea of Westworld. It's quite the thought experiment. It's quite an interesting thing uh, that I've been observing for these seven episodes. Uh, it makes me think. I think it's compelling television. Um, and I'll tell you, there is... It, it, it's funny that some people on the internet and, and even some of our listeners would, would stake this claim. They would, they would go up on a hill, pull out their sword and say, I'm going to die on this hill. And it goes a little bit like this. 
Well, if it's this, that's dumb. And it's funny that I hear listeners uh, and sometimes people or, or anybody just say, well, if this turns out to be the truth, then that's dumb. Um, I, man, I don't know about that. I don't know if it, it, I don't know if it's that black and white. You can, you can look at a plot on paper and it's one thing and then you can see it executed and it's something entirely different, especially because you're dealing with a television show. And after this episode, I said, wow, he really is he really is a host, he being Bernard. Um, we speculated that he might be a host. And when he was, I was no less excited at that outcome because there's always a glimmer of doubt that he is not. And because of that glimmer of doubt that he is not, it makes it still exciting when it turns out that he is. And obviously, I'm not burying the lead here. Uh, so I, not just that, but the way it was executed is what made it exciting. Remember for just a minute that not only was Bernard revealed to be a host, but minutes after he murdered someone, somebody that he was very intimate with. And I think that is where the surprise comes in. Because when you have a show like Westworld, and we've talked about this a lot, you're going to get a bunch of people like, this is uh, my theories, and here's what I think, and here's what I think. And between the millions of people watching it and the Reddit threads and everything else and all the articles, people are going to start to guess what the fuck is going on. Because- <laughs> what what you don't realize is if enough people guess about enough shit, the math is going to start to pan out where some people are going to start to get some shit right, right? So with enough people making predictions about Westworld, they're going to start to get it right, okay? There's, they're going to start to real, people are just going to be right eventually, you know? It's like if you keep, if you get unlimited guesses at something uh, about a question, you're going to start to get right eventually, no matter how many times you're wrong leading up to that point. And when you take something like the internet and something like Reddit and something like predictions in mass with you know millions of viewers, people are going to start to pick up on shit. They're going to start to guess it just out of dumb luck. Maybe not even uh, intellect, but it doesn't matter. What matters is how do they go about executing that? And I've talked about this a lot, not on the Westworld podcast, more on the science fiction film podcast where I say things like, I think originality is pretty important, but I think execution is more important. Um, now, you could argue about the execution of the way things are going down. I happen to think that the way they executed Bernard's reveal was really good. I liked it. it I went, wow, this is incredible. It was dark. It was, a, it was like a triple reveal. It was Bernard learned something. Teresa learns about it right before. Ford's down there. Ford does his thing. We see the robot being made. I just thought it was a well-staged scene, and I thought the scene was really well executed. Of course, talking about the final scene. So that's my standout. That's my overall impressions for this particular episode. Um, the William, the William and Man in Black stuff slowed down a little. This was more of a we're learning about William as a character more than we are learning about William's plot right now, which I don't mind um, because I think. His character is going to have a lot to do with his plot because I think he is going to turn out to probably still be the man in black. And what I think is wacky about that is I started to think about, is he going to run off into the wilderness with Dolores for fucking however many years? And then they wipe her memory and that's some sort of devastating love lost in his mind. I started to think about, is that something that could make the man in black so bitter if it is in fact the same person? Or maybe he's not. Maybe Logan is the fucking man in black. Maybe none of them are. Maybe they're not multiple timelines. But I started to think of a lot of cool possibilities with this. And I really enjoyed this episode, specifically the final scene. I thought it was really good. 
Um, I liked the demonstration with Maeve. That was another standout scene. Uh, I loved Bernard and Ford in that scene, the way they stood there silently. The, uh, Anthony Hopkins is brilliant. The way he stood there and watched it unfold was incredible. And I can't wait to get into that deeper when we get to that scene. Uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I was excited about it. Um, I, I'm happy. I'm looking forward. These last three episodes are going to be really intense, I think. I think it's going to be very awesome when fucking Teresa walks into a room. I can't wait for that because you know that shit's going to happen. Teresa's going to walk into a room and uh, that's going to be awesome. So yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun watching this one, Jessica. I thought that it was fun and enjoyable. It was pretty smart. I thought it was executed well. The performances were always top notch. Uh, how about you? As you know, you all know me, people in the chat, people listening to this podcast in their cars or all they're out on a run or walking their dog. My favorite thing in the world is this stupid William is the man in black theory. I get super excited. And every time William's on the screen, I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. We didn't see William and Dolores at all last week. And I was like, holy shit, it was still a really good episode. I can't believe it. And we came into this week and here were William and Dolores again. And it was the weakest part of the entire episode, which is crazy to me because for so long I was so into that storyline. And that was my always my favorite thing to watch and the thing that got me going the most because I was so fascinated about where it was to come and looking for little clues and all this stuff. And this week I was like, oh, I don't even care. Those scenes came on. I'm like, let's get back to the other shit because everything else was so good, which I think says a lot for the show that you can take what is normally my favorite character building of Westworld and make it the least important sure. part. I got you. Um, I love this stuff with Bernard. And listen, we said Bernard was probably a host. I was pretty confident in that. I think most people who theorize about the show felt pretty confident in that theory. I think if you had to take every Westworld theory and say, what is the most likely to be true? I feel like Bernard being a host would be number one. But you know what? I was still so excited and so shocked when we had this reveal, which is what I loved about the show that it could do that. This episode opened and there was no part of me that thought by the end of the episode, I would know Bernard was a host. No part of me. And I didn't watch it till the next day. I had to stay off Facebook. I couldn't go on the Facebook page and be very careful because I didn't want to get spoiled. And I knew something big was going to happen because a friend texted and, I don't know, texted like a picture of a little like face with like the lip zipped. You know what I mean? That emoji or whatever. So I knew something big was going to happen. And I still wasn't expecting it. Um, Rewatching it again was really interesting because I do feel like they so heavily telegraphed the fact that Bernard was going to be a host, especially in this episode. So if you were one of those casual viewers who doesn't really theorize, you wouldn't be like, oh my God, this doesn't make sense. You'd be like, wait a second, it does. Um, when we were watching it, I told Dean, this reminds me a lot of watching like a movie like The Sixth Sense, where you watch, and listen, if I'm spoiling The Sixth Sense for you, there's something wrong with you. But you watch The Sixth Sense and it's this entire movie and then it ends and you're like, holy shit, Bruce Willis is dead. And then you go back and you watch it again to see all the clues, to see what led up to it, to see how many times they hinted it to you and you missed it. And that's how I felt when I rewatched this episode. It was like watching it in a whole new light, knowing how it would end. And I love that. Um, yes, they were heavy handed with some of it, but I liked it. I was fine with that. I sure. thought that it worked for me, someone who guessed this, just like 50 million other people guessed it. I felt like it worked. And then I feel like it also would work for somebody who never even had this thought. 
Gotcha. And I haven't talked to, I've said that I know some people at work that watch the show and watch it super casually and I haven't spoken to any of them yet. So I don't know what their opinion is, but I imagine they liked it. I like your style. All right. So that's some good opening impressions. We got a little bit of a framework to go on here. And uh, it should be noted that we're recording this live on Mixler, Mixler.com slash LSG-media, Mixler.com slash LSG-media. And this is where a lot of our listeners, our loyalists come in here and they chat, uh, they discuss, uh, they have uh, good good observations. They're smart, they're cool, you should join them. That's LSG, excuse me, that's Mixler.com slash LSG-media. If you want to know uh, when we do shows, just go to schedule.LibertyStreetGeek.net. That's schedule.LibertyStreetGeek.net, where we have a little calendar, a little, a little uh, bunch of line items up there of when we're going to do what and when. And that is what we are going to do. So, Jessica, let's jump into this. Sadly, in order to restore things, the situation demands a blood sacrifice. The Arnold and I designed every part of this place. It was our dream. Did you really think I would let you take it from me? This is what happened to Arnold. Did you have Bernard take him out into the woods? No, he wasn't here in those days. Were you Bernard? I think you're going to be the showrunner today, and yeah. I'm excited as fuck about this because I'm taking, I'm putting my feet up this week, my friend. So Jessica, kick things off, and if you need help, you can just give me a look, and I'll help you out. Oh, I never need help. Thank you, though. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So. We have opened many a show on many a different person waking up or a different person's dream. And today we open on Bernard's dream. Um, He's dreaming about his son being in the hospital. He's reading him Alice in Wonderland. And he wakes up, which is a very kind of common theme to the show that dreams and sleep and waking up as our opening. We've never seen a human do it before. Right. We still haven't seen a human do it. Nice. This should have immediately telegraphed to me Bernard was going to be a host at the end of this episode, but it didn't the first time I watched it. Right. Um, the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, you fuckers, you're so smart. <laughs> right. You have to jump in and say stuff too. Okay. Okay. I was waiting for, what's the line? What, what? <laughs> Are you done? Is that your setup? Yeah. This is what you do. You really, this is how you do the podcast. Okay, go for it. You say, we have Mar Bernard's dream. Dad, wake up. His son is in the hospital. They're reading about the Mad Hatter. Then his son flatlines. Dad, listen, listen. Bernard wakes up. And then we discuss it. Yeah, that's it. So I talked about what happened in the scene. And now we're going to discuss it. Okay. Um, there's not much here to talk about, is there? With Charlie and his, and his uh, Charlie and, uh, and Bernard, the boy? Just that they're reading the Mad Hatter. If I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't. Right. I like that. Again, heavy, heavy, heavy yeah, foreshadowing. I mean, I mean, there's some of it, like, this might be a little self-indulgent, this stuff. I don't know if they're trying to, if what, what they're trying to show us here, but they are really telling you that this is going to happen. Um, we have uh, Charlie say, listen to me, listen. And then he starts to go out and Bernard wakes up. Um, and then we have, of course, Bernard with Hector. Have you questioned the nature of your reality? What we're seeing here, which is what, what, what I thought was clever about this scene, when you look on it, when you look on it after seeing it once, is we're seeing Bernard, a host, 
uh, flawless host. I mean, he's he, he's very human in every way, shape, and form. And he's talking to Hector, who cannot grasp the simple things that Bernard would grasp easily. Uh, and that is so impressive to me. Uh, I think that outside of the reveal of Bernard being a host, what's awesome about that is the implications. How advanced is his programming? How much awareness does he have of the world around him outside of what he does every day? He thinks he's at work. He thinks he does this. It's like a more expounded upon version of somebody like, I don't know, Clementine or Maeve or somebody like Maeve that. Maeve is what it makes me think of a lot. Right? So they talked to Hector a little bit. Um, after showing them the pictures, they don't look like anything to me. Hector gets requested by management so, so he can go uh, bang hail. Wink, wink. Whatever her name is. That's what I wrote. Uh, we learn that Elsie has started her leave today and we close out this opening scene. So not much going on, but when you look back at it, it's kind of cool to think about the contrast between Bernard and Hector and the level of advancement between the two. But how there's still that same programming in both uh, that don't look, they don't look like anything to me, which we heard Dolores say and we're hearing Hector say and we're going to hear Bernard say. And I like the continuity of the show. I like the little th- repetitions it's, sure it's smart in what it does it, it really is we i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no it's fine we move over to william lawrence and dolores william i and, thought i was gonna do this oh part. go for it <laughs> well you gotta stay on top of things chop chop so anyways this is called, by the way this is called for you first time listeners this is called on the job training so <laughs> bear with us <laughs> i have like that sticker on i'm wearing it it says i'm a trainee <laughs> She's like at Clementine level. I'm like at Bernard level right now. Whoa, Clementine killed a man today. We hope to get so. to Ford's level someday. Um, Ford's not a host, silly, or is he? Um, so anyways, we cut to William and Dolores on the train, and William is playing poker with Lawrence while Dolores hangs out. Um, and Dolores talks about how she hates Lawrence, and he says it's, a, it's worse than a war, it's slaughter. Mm. And he says he'd fuck him over again if he had to, right. because it's that important. Right. Uh, but he is really, Lawrence is really into William. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. Distracted cat toy. Um, Lawrence is really, really into William here. Uh, maybe you've got more of an appetite for this than you think. Yep. Which I think is important. I think this is all, again, we're heavily foreshadowing for William being the man in black, personally, in my opinion. Um, what's a line like that? We're starting to set up this fact that William could be this ruthless killer, essentially, to get what he wants. Sure. Um, and they do mention as well the ghost nation. They're in ghost nation territory. Yeah, I like this. There's these little themes within themes, like Lawrence saying what he says about how I would do it all over again, how he would stick to his guns. Um, and that's just the way he is. That's what he would do. That's what it means to him. Um, but yeah, I do like the, I do like how they say they're passing through ghost nation territory. Of course, we know that is going to come up. So, you know, just little setups, little tidbits to get the episode structured. You get a little framework going so you can start to execute the ideas you want to involving William and, of course, Bernard. So we move on to what next? We're going to move back to Bernard, um, who can't find Elsie. He's trying to find her on his, you know, little computer sure. that, you know, everybody's got a microchip and you type in their number and find them, apparently. Um, but then he goes to see Teresa. Can we talk about this? Him searching. Oh, we can't Elsie. find Elsie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is pretty interesting to me, knowing he in fact is a host, and that he probably is the one who took Elsie. Because I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Mm, that seems like a distinct possibility, right? Um, I think that. Well, I want to think about that for a minute. Sure, let's think about it. I'd love to. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking theories here, but 
I have a feeling but that's if all we do. I have a feeling if Elsie was well, you want to have observations, not just guess theories. Um I think that Elsie is I feel like if Elsie was taken out that they would have just replaced her with a fucking robot. Oh yeah, I don't think she's dead. Okay. Oh, I don't think she's dead at all. But I think Bernard was the one who grabbed her out of that building and they have her somewhere. Right, but why come up with a she went on leave excuse? For everybody else. Okay, maybe they're they didn't telling wanna... Bernard that, but they're telling everybody that. That's the grand plan of what they're saying about where Elsie is, because Bernard's not going to be the only person asking for her. No, no, uh, I'm talking about the plan in question. I'm not talking about the logistics of who says what. I'm talking about the the idea of Elsie getting grabbed and then everyone learning. Oh, she went on leave. Okay, that way no one's asking where she is. Right. Maybe that's easier for Ford if he is in fact responsible for that call. Oh yeah, he's busy creating a Teresa. That thing is slow. He can't create an Elsie too. Is that what you think? Maybe. Well, I mean, logically, sure. I don't. I logic mean, he can only on create what? so many humans at once. They said that it's slow and it takes a few days to make a host. Okay. So maybe he was like, shit, I got to kill Teresa soon. So I probably should just say Elsie won't leave. Yeah. I mean, it is possible as Junkfist is stating in the chat that, that it's Elsie being created, not in fact Teresa. That's very true as well. Um, but it's going to be hard to dis... I'm sure Ford has a contingency on disappearing people. And maybe what he said, one's on leave, one isn't. But. Right. And, and as people are saying in the chat too, that perhaps someone from Delos... Um, grabbed Elsie, that it wasn't Ford and Bernard. And that's certainly a possibility too. Um, I think you can go either way with that, but I definitely think Elsie's alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've had a change of heart on Elsie, but I don't want to discuss that right now. Oh, actually, yeah. we're going to discuss it pretty soon once we leave this scene. And, and I but. also think that maybe, like they're, they are, they're also saying this, I'm thinking that Elsie is Ford's, more Ford's ally than enemy if she's going against Delos, right? That's true. Yeah, I think that probably makes sense. Um, versus Ford, why would what, why would Ford want to get rid of Elsie? I think there. I think it's more like Delos is trying to get rid of her because she's blowing them wide open. But now that they're going to replace Teresa, I'm convinced with a fucking bot. Me that's too. Gonna, that's going to change things quite a bit. But interesting. So Teresa comes over to chat with Bernard. Do you want to talk about that stuff? Yeah, she says you left abruptly last night. Was there something you wanted to tell me? And Bernard replies in the most host-like response I've ever heard. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Which I feel like I've heard Dolores say a million times in this show. Right. Um, and Teresa's all like hoity-toity with him, I wrote in my notes. Yeah, for sure. And he's like, the investigation into QA is over. But I will say this. She says she's fine when he asks. After they get the business out of the way, she's essentially just saying, you know, we need professionalism. You know, Hale, is her name Hale? Her name is Charlotte Hale. Hale. Hale will be around. Miss Hale will be around. Um, and he's like, look, don't worry. My team's fine. And then he gets personal. He says, are you okay? And that's when she says she's fine. She actually offers him a large, what I thought was kind of a warm smile. Yeah, because she's in love with him. They've banged a bunch of times and there's romantic love between them, except one is a robot. So it's only romantic on one side. Well, one's dead now. so And one is now dead and will become is... a robot and then they can have a robot romance. Oh, maybe he can. Maybe Ford will be kind oh. enough to wipe out the, the bludgeoning out of her memory. <laughs> I hope. I think he will. I think he's kind. <laughs> I like it. So anyway, Bernard takes off. Yeah. And now Teresa's going to go and see Charlotte Hale. Um, who's going to bang Hector and then have a serious conversation. But before we get into the conversation, let's just talk about Charlotte Hale. Okay. As a person and as a character. All right. What do you want to talk about her? I hate her. Okay. Are you <laughs> going to give some objectivity and obs- an observation to the listeners? Yeah. 
So remember like how I hated Elsie and she was like the worst character of all time and I just hated her. Okay. Okay. I don't hate Elsie anymore. I like Elsie and I want her back because I hate Charlotte Hale. Okay. How come? She is awful. She's an awful okay, character. Okay, listen, I'm going to help you out. <gasps> you can't say I hate her. She's awful. She sucks. She's that you're use, you you have to describe why these why you think these things and not use other descriptors that reference other descriptors. Like I you really can't do hate it. how <laughs> Dean talks down to me on the podcast in front of other people. I'm not Is talking that a good down descriptor? to you. I'm fucking challenging you. If you can't deal with that, then quit. Great. We'll replace your ass. Charlotte Hale is not one of those people you love to hate. She's somebody you hate because she's a fucking shitty character. Okay. So you're you're so you're challenging the writing of the oh, character. Oh, yes. I think she's awful. Okay. I think that she is. I, I hated her scene with What's-His-Face in the last episode. Okay. And I really hated her here. We had her banging the host, being so fucking rude to Teresa. I, I don't understand who this young woman is who came out of nowhere, has all this power, can talk so much shit that I just, I don't like her. Okay, so you 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 challenged, you, you're challenging her as a character that is written poorly, not that well, she's, she's a character who's well-written that you just don't, do you like the character? No, she's one-dimensional. No, no, okay. no. She's incredibly one-dimensional. Okay. And actually, so if, she's a different person than she was in the last episode. You've had a which is pretty weird. small sample size. Okay, well then maybe it'll get better, but I don't think so. I think it's not going to get better. Okay, so you think she's a bad character because she's one-dimensional and, and, and awful? Okay, like, as a human. Okay, I want to spit in her face. Okay, so that was but, so. But mean. You, you're blurring the lines here. This is what I'm trying to help you with. You're uh, saying oh. she's a bad character, and then you're saying, and she does no. Like I, I'm trying to differentiate the character from the writing. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, Lone Star Kid said exactly what I think in the in the chat. She's a cartoon villain. That's what she is. Okay. She's a one-dimensional, one-note, awful human being that I have zero interest in. There's nothing to her that interests me. Okay. There's nothing redeeming about her. You could have put somebody else in this role. You could have put Teresa more in this role. And instead, you put this cartoony girl uh, okay. who's All so right. pretty, and but she's going to bang the host because she doesn't care about him the way she fucking eats food and talks down to Teresa and how she appears midway through the show. I just... I feel like I didn't like when they dropped her into the show originally. As you know, I said this on the last episode. They didn't yep. like that we were Six introducing this person. In. Yep, I got you. And okay, I, now we're I getting. Into, okay, now we're getting into stuff I can wrap my head around. It not like she's mean and annoying. Well, she is mean and annoying, and I hate her. And I love Elsie now. Bring back Elsie. Start the hashtag. Okay. So, you think she's kind of a one-note character that they could have maybe given her role more over to Teresa or done something different? Right. Or or wait, if you're going to have this evil villain lady come in, wait, bring her in next season. Put Add this role to somebody else. Okay. You, you can't now do it half-assed. Okay. There's so many characters in the show. Too many, some would argue. I like your style. See that? And a little motivation? Look her- at you. You're a fucking pro, man. I love you. You're great. You're a pro. Little motivation, and you were cracking. You had all kinds of reasons, all kinds of legitimacy. I, I literally hate you more than I hate Charlotte <laughs> Hale. And I want to marry Elsie Don't at this point. Don't hate my booty. All right. Um, that's good. So that makes sense. So what do you think about Charlotte Hale? Um, you want a banger. Yeah, okay. But next. Outside of outside of my, my carnal feelings towards her? Yeah, I felt the same way about Hector. It was like, look how handsome so, he is. I think that now that you're talking and now that you're coming up with good points, you're starting to uh, illuminate uh, some ideas I didn't have myself before. See, I 
my thing is sometimes I see a person very briefly and I don't really get, I don't, I don't get too opinionated about them because I haven't seen enough yet. I kind of wait in the weeds. I'm like a snake up in them weeds just waiting for you. And uh, I didn't see anything that made me like or dislike her too much because I thought it was such a small sample size. Plus, I have a lot of faith in HBO television to round out their characters. So I was just going to wait a while and see what was going on. Um, the fact that you're saying it would have been interesting if we pulled her out. Did we need to see her? Did we need to see her with the English chap? Lee, is that his name? What's his name? I don't know, but I hate him too. But that's a whole different story. Did we need to see... Did we need to see this this piece with her and Teresa? Did it really matter? Could it just have been, you know, a phone call? Could it have been a faceless person, kind of like corporations are, this faceless thing, this board meeting thing? And then we start to roll this character into the next season uh, and we introduce her in a different way. Maybe. And we could maybe. have introduced her. We could have kept her in the background. But it's like, she's not in the show at all. We have 50 million characters already. We bring her in in this useless bullshit thing with Sizemore. And then we bring her in this episode and all of a sudden she goes from being like this lady who works for QA who's like not drinking on the job to an evil supervillain who answers her door naked while she's banging a host to intimidate Teresa and she eats and drinks wine while she talks to her. Oh my God, it's like infuriating. She's like, look at my titties, I Teresa. I wanted to murder her. I wish Bernard, I hope Bernard murders her one day. That seems reasonable. All right, so let's move along, shall we? Yeah, I'm laughing at the chat room. All right. Um, where to... Okay, so... All right, but the, if we want to talk a little okay, bit about I their just, conversation... In closing about her, we spent way too much time on her. No, we didn't. The show spent all this time on her, so we in turn had to as well. No, we didn't. But I will say, oh I God. appreciate your observations about her, and uh, you've given me a lot to think about. Thank you very much. I am going to murder I'm being totally tonight. serious. It's I'm not being sarcastic. Not a joke. Continue. going to be a host next week. So basically their conversation, um, they have a conversation about the the park as a whole. Um, they talk about the woodcutter mess. She's so condescending to Teresa again, mm -hmm. bums a cigarette off her, right. eats in front of her. I, oh, it's disgusting. Um, but basically the gist of it is that Ford has all this intellectual property that he has kept in the park that they have been not been able to extract. That's what they've been trying to do, like with the woodcutter. What they want to do is not fire Ford, but politely ask him to retire. And they want to make sure that they can keep their hands on the information when that happens, that he can't just shut them out and shut it down, right. which he can right now because all the information is in the park. Um, so basically, they're trying to protect their interests. So if I may jump in here for a moment. You may jump in whenever you would like. What I like about this here is it returns some answers to questions we've had. We talked about what's Ford going to do? He can't just kill people. There are repercussions out there in the world. We're starting to see Ford's motivation to do what he's doing uh, in, in realizing how crucial he is to the success of this stuff and what his motivating factors are. And now we get to see the motivation of Delos, which is awesome. We get to see why they were smuggling data out, why they were doing that, because they were trying to get this information away from Ford because they know Ford can easily destroy this shit with a snap of his fingers as Hale points out i like that i like that we got this we started to go okay yeah all right this makes sense we we were almost there this was right we 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 kind of had this as viewers we were like yeah okay this is making sense now and i'm glad that we got to see this a little bit to, to make sure what was going on 
and there's a lot of interesting information about what Charlotte's trying to do, which is basically she's not just going to go to Ford and be like, hey, Ford, we want you out. She wants to do a big fucking show of it, which is they need a blood sacrifice, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. They want to show everybody how dangerous the hosts are. Using someone unexpected, a nonviolent host, not Hector, because he's violent, obviously. Um, so this is, again, Charlotte doesn't just want to calmly sit with the board and go to Ford and be like, we think that you should retire. She wants to make a big fucking show, probably because she's 25 years old and doesn't know how to do her job and is a temperamental woman that has no personality, is poorly developed. But still, <laughs> that's what she wants to do. Um, yeah, I like this. Uh, I like that we... <laughs> the the funny thing about this is the show does a good job. If anybody works in corporate America or if you've ever worked in corporate America. Oh my God. I know who Charlotte is. If there's one thing, if there is one thing, uh, what do you mean by that? I was just thinking of somebody I worked with at the oh, okay. previous job we worked in together, not so, um, um, my current job. So if you've ever worked in corporate America, one thing that you will come to learn is there is a, depiction here that I think is actually kind of accurate, and that is this. They are usually a bit out of touch with whatever it is going on in that moment. They're usually out of touch with what's going on on the ground level. And the fact that she is going to stage this, quote, blood sacrifice and do this whole thing, and she is not wise enough to realize that Ford or Bernard will see through it is priceless. That's what I love about this. So what I like about this scene is her smug attitude just gets rammed right back in her face. As soon as she tries to pull this bullshit in a couple scenes here between Ford and Bernard just watching this unfold and them going, oh, this is such bullshit. It, it, it's great. I like, I like that. Type of shit. And you're right. It shows how little she knows about things because there have been a lot of people saying like, oh, this blood sacrifice line that Ford brings back and uses sure. on her, you know, the same line she used. And I can tell you exactly why he knows. It's because just like they showed before when the hosts are unconscious, they still record things because yes. we saw the guy having sex with the host and yep. it got recorded. Yep. So even though Hector is unconscious, he's probably recording this whole conversation, which Ford can then go back and watch. Mm -hmm. So he probably saw this whole thing before it happened in Charlotte is too cocky and not smart enough and doesn't understand enough to realize that. Yeah, I think Ford has uh, literally eyes everywhere in terms of the hosts. I think that he has the technology uh, in his little house to observe any host at any time yeah. and know exactly what the fuck is going on. And we've seen that they record things even when they're turned off. So yep. we know that he could easily... We, we saw Elsie do that in the last episode or whatever, or the episode before, I don't remember, back when Elsie, my favorite character, was still on the show. Mm -hmm. Which is great. It comes back to her being smug. It's funny that Teresa didn't think of it, but again, we've seen Teresa be a bit out of touch with the hosts too. And this is true. And also, she is being so ugh, talked down to by this woman. Right, it's a little distracting. And it's almost like, she's like, holy shit, I need to keep my job, I need to keep my position, I need to do well, especially this... I like you. Well, not personally. Oh, I fucking hate this bitch. Yeah. Oh, she's the worst. There's, Sorry. There's a lot of discussion about how she got where she is at her age being a board member. It's very possible. Yeah. It's very, unfortunately, it is. No, it's very possible as a, as a board member. She could come from an investment group with money. She might just have a shitload of money. Who knows? It, 
there could be a million reasons how she got on that board. But a lot of times that has to do with... And she could have slept her way to the top. A lot of times that has to do with investment money. If she is an investor or on the board or something, that's going to be why she's up there. Could Who knows why? All I know is we're going to move on to the next scene. I like your style. <laughs> and this scene is an opening we've seen quite a few times recently, which is a Maeve's typical morning opening. Um, walking through the town, the gunshots behind her, the piano playing, and she's not in the mood today, so she's going to shut that shit down. Yeah, the Mirabosa. And then she's going to talk to Clem. You can talk. I have nothing to say until we get to the conversation. Well, she's talking to Clem, so we're at the conversation. Okay. You're uh, not very good at this not leading thing. I'm very good at it. I didn't interrupt you one time. <laughs> but then you just don't say anything. I think that this conversation is awesome between Maeve and Clementine. It's also very heartbreaking. Um, it's tough to watch Clementine think about these dreams that she has, how she wants to help her family, who thinks she works in a dress shop. She tells Maeve and... Watching Maeve come yes. to the conclusion that she knows that Clementine will never see her dreams realized is really rough. There is something very heartbreaking and sad about this conversation. Uh, of course, they use music to help you get there if you're not picking up what they're putting down. But watching Maeve's realization that poor Clementine is never going to get any of these things she thinks she's working so hard for. Uh, is truly heartbreaking. And that is, that again, these types of revelations are wild that Whit Maeve is, is having. The walkthrough that she did last time, seeing the, the sum of her experience played out on the floor in front of her, uh, and then to talk to Clementine with this newfound awareness uh, is got to be weird. It's It's got to be like you're a prophet or an angel walking among men and you know these dreams that these people have, they're never going to fucking have because you can see the future. There's something really dark about that. And um, I'm sure it just motivates Maeve more to, quote, get out of here, which is what she's going to tell uh, Sly and Felix later. Sly. But then something happens weird. I, I Before we talk about that, I do want to mention in regards to this conversation that Clem and Maeve have, which I agree with you completely. I felt the same way. Like it had nothing to do with like Clem telling this awesome story. And you're like, oh, she wants to better herself and not be a whore. It was like, oh, this is so sad for Maeve because Maeve realizes that none of it's real and sure. Clementine will never get those things. But I did briefly want to read a tiny part of a listener comment. By all means. A listener who I believe is still in the chat room named Andrea Ramos, um, who pointed out Clementine tells a story about how she is not going to be a hoe her entire life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't mind the language. Um, and she wants to get out of the desert and live somewhere cold, like cold storage, Boosh. question mark. Which is, to be honest, I know it's like funny, it's kind of a joke, but it maybe it's kind of true almost in a way. Like she's programmed to be like, I want to go somewhere cold. Mm, maybe. It's almost like a little joke on the writer's part because they know like when she stops doing this, she's probably just going to go to cold storage. And that's like pretty it. fucked up. I like it. But it's very meta. Some program. And I feel like a program would do shit like yeah, that, don't yeah, you? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Programmers always put little flourishes on shit. That's hilarious. That's the thing. I, I totally missed that. It's so funny. When I read that comment, I was uh, that thing, I was like, oh, that's that's good. There's some good, as per usual, some entertaining stuff. And Andrea's very appropriate comment this week, just in case her dad was listening, I believe she said. Oh, okay. She avoided the swears and inappropriateness of nice. her normal... Well, I hope her dad is listening. If he is, hello, Andrea's dad. <laughs> I hope it was her dad that she said, and I'm not like just making shit up. <laughs> All right. All right. 
So then something fucking crazy happens, which is kind of in mid conversation, Clem shuts down. And almost at first, Maeve doesn't realize this. Right. It's awesome. And then suddenly she does. Everybody has stopped, but she has not. She's still conscious. She is not responding to these commands in the ways the other hosts are. Which we know is possible and know is a thing because we'll later see Clem not respond to commands. Correct? Right. Um, they're coming to take somebody, a host. The host did something bad. It's the one at the bar. Right. And Maeve's like, holy shit, I'm going to have to kill some fools. And awesome. she gets ready with her little knife. She does. But, but that's not what happens. I do like the surprise. I do like the surprise of them dragging away Clementine. I was like, whoa, I guess she's going to be the patsy. Oh, yeah. The second they were coming to get somebody at the bar, I knew it was going to be Clementine. She was going to take that role. And it was smart. I, it was because, of course, she's a nonviolent host. She's never been violent. We've mm-hmm. never seen her to act violent. Sure. Um, she's probably not a host people think a ton about. I feel like she's not a major point in any storyline. You know, she's not the madam anymore, even though she has been in the past. She's obviously an older host. She's been around for a little bit at least. And they know they did the reveries on her. Right. And that's the important part. The, 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 what your observation is being kind of mirrored in chat where Rachel thought it was where they killed off Clementine in such an unceremonious way. She referred to her as a main character. And Daniel said, uh, well, not in the park, but for us. And that's a great observation. Um, and that's something to think about, you know, if you if you're from our perspective she's a main character it's so weird to think about it this way because it's very yes. meta right and from our perspective she's a main character because we've seen her do so much according to main but yes. in the narratives she's not at all no she's, she's very she's very just like dolores is not a main character at all in the narrative of westworld right right well, no because she has a whole the whole arc like get rescued kind of oh maybe no, maybe you're right no. yeah, maybe you're right she's pretty much a minor character but then again i guess if you talk think about it aren't they all just serving a small story purpose no but i think some serve more like i think the hector who you go out to find him to kill him has a, a more Fair main enough. character armistice Fair enough. those storylines i think are bigger yep i guess um, you're right about lawrence that. i think probably has a bigger storyline and yeah for sure i agree i don't think we've seen the last of clementine but if we have i think that that's one of those these are the stakes of this show yeah. Um, I didn't think that that might be the last time we saw her, but if it is, that's a very, um, you know, the unceremonious, meaningless Tasha Yar death. I, I, I honestly don't mind if, it, I mean, as much as I like to see her, I don't mind if it's the last time we see her, if it serves the story to just show how disposable they can be if the wrong things happen. Uh, and I think that's something to think about here. And Clementine did nothing wrong. She never went off book. She never had an issue. Mm-hmm. They just picked her right. to serve their purpose. And if that's the last we see of her and that's why, that's pretty dark shit about just humans being fucked up. Although mm. she is a robot and there's a lot of philosophical issues to deal with there to unpack. Sure. Shall we move on to the next scene? Go for it. William and Dolores flirt in the train car. Hmm, they have a bit of a moment, don't they? Yeah, this is, um, I think it's a good opening. You can go right into discussion here. Um, sure, let's do it. You know, Dolores never wants to go back to her old life. She wants to move on. She wants to know what William is looking for. And he tells this kind of fucking cliche. I was really down on William and Dolores in this episode, honestly. Hmm. Not down on them per se, because I'm still kind of obsessed with my theory. But they were so uninteresting compared to the rest of this episode that I was just like, let's get through this shit. I'm bored. You didn't feel anything here. Yeah. No, no. You didn't. You didn't get any kind of no emotional response to their union. 
Not as much as I wanted to. Yeah, I to did. To be honest with you. I did. That's funny, too, because I'm really high. I've been really high in this plot line, and maybe I was too high on it. And I I didn't get as much of a, I don't know. Like, you know, when like you want the couple to get together, and they finally do, and you're like, oh, yay, finally. Or you're like, oh, it wasn't what I wanted. You know? Sure. For me, I was like, oh, I don't know. I just don't know. I enjoyed it. it I, I, I enjoyed that moment. Um, I mean, it was fine. I don't like the cliched, like, oh, I always read books and I wanted my life to be. That was like so tropey to me. Like, well, so that that reveal on William didn't do it for you. Him saying that about the books. I was like, I was not turned on by that at all. Yeah. I would not have wanted to bang that engaged (laughs) man. (laughs) Didn't twick your nethers. Him talking about the books he lived in. And normally I like the talk of books, but I feel like it's so overused now. Mm-hmm. Like the guy's like, Oh, I read books and go to other worlds. It's like, yeah, you and every other guy in every other movie where there's love. Right. 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 Am I wrong? Maybe I'm watching too much Gilmore girls. I don't know. No, this I mean, problematic. Dolores doing her thing is, is part of the idea of the fact that they're in a place called Westworld, but right. he is supposedly a real person. So. Right. And, and, and I think that he is, and, and I'm fine on all of this. I just, I think because we didn't see them last episode and then we got them this episode, but I was so into every other storyline when it was finally like, Dolores, you're more real to me than the outside world. I was like, oh, really? You're yeah. really that into it? So here's the dialogue I did like. If you if you take away some of the cheese, and I will admit there is definitely a, definitely some cheese spread around. I like that. I like the odd irony here, which is William went here to protect to pretend like everyone else does, but he's starting to find that he's learning that he doesn't want to pretend. He wants to live an honest life because he spends all his time pretending. And you know, that's something we've never really talked about, even though it's such an obvious thing. Uh, he, he, the escapism is the pretense, right? But, but to him, the escapism is him realizing that the pretense is something he wants to do away with in his life. He doesn't want to pretend to be or do things that he is not. And if there's one thing Westworld told him, which is where a place people go to pretend, is that he wants to be someone who he is not. And that's what Westworld is showing him. I think there's actually, there's something kind of poetic in that. Yeah, but he's an adulterer. Yeah, but I, I mean, outside of the bullshit, <laughs> I'm just saying that he he is, I, I like that. I like that part of it, if that makes sense. I like that he is, realizing that everyone comes here to pretend I don't want to pretend I want to be I want to self-realize who I am I want to finally come to terms with who I am as a fucking man and be that person that's what Westworld has taught him not that I can go here and blow off steam I think there's something pretty powerful about that and it made me think a lot about Westworld in general and how it's a fucking zillion dollar idea for that reason alone because right. people are going to want to like that it's going to be it's going to change people's lives. Yeah, and Daniel Falch in the chat says William and Dolores are doing the classic mythic western story and it's funny because it almost is like this cliche thing like this guy who's got a life he doesn't like on the outside and then he meets this mysterious and different girl who changed it is like a classic like sure. rom-com type of story but that's almost like works because he's in this fake world Mm -hmm. and i guess it would make sense to his ultimate demise if dolores is then taken away from him and then he becomes the man in black so i feel better about it but yeah i just and i don't i'm not down on it i just 
I it, thought it, I was, was going to get all cheese. the feels, and it's I okay. didn't get all the feels. I just didn't get them. That's because you're a cold, heartless witch of but a woman. But my TV, when I was re-watching it and I had the subtitles on, it kept saying things like, pants heavily. I was like, this is really <laughs> uncomfortable right now. It's like I'm watching a porno with like subtitles on. And then I thought, like, what if you did watch a porno with subtitles on? What would that be like? I it's feel like rad. awkward. I do it sometimes. Because I really need to get the story, but I got to keep it low, you know? I don't want to really go up. Um, so I don't know. That's uh, what else do you want to talk about here as you uh, get ready to move us along? So they make out and they bang. Do we want to talk about that? Or are we good to move on? Yeah, I like um, I like the I like the uh, banging part. I like the real lusty kisses and the and the open mouths and the huffing and puffing and the uh, yeah, and then and then the delicate little shoulder kiss. Yeah, it was it was lovely. I really appreciate that someone like Jimmy Simpson who plays. A McPoyle brother and always sunny in Philadelphia gets to bang Evan Rachel Wood. Like the magic of Hollywood is just beautiful. <laughs> Honestly, I'll never watch Always Sunny the same again. I guess not. All right, so let's move on. Um, uh, Charlotte, my worst favorite character of all time, and Teresa are going to put on a little show for Ford and Bernard and some others. Awesome. Because uh, this is so. Charlotte comes out and she's just like, oh, yeah, these problems with the hosts because of the reveries. And then she like turns it over to Teresa so that it's all like Teresa's presentation. Almost like she's like, I came here and Teresa told me all these things because you failed. And now Teresa's going to show you and she's the bad guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which I don't like either that she does that shit. That makes sense with her character to me, though. No, it certainly makes sense with her character, but it doesn't mean I like her because I don't. Okay. And now I'm team Teresa. Well, that's going to be a short lived team. (laughs) Sorry to say. Hashtag bring back Elsie. You might have to change teams to uh, hashtag I'm with Teresa bot. Yeah. Okay. So they are going to show something quite disturbing mm. here. This is a, a pretty intense scene. Um, you said something while we were watching it that I loved and it was. Oh, I did. Oh my goodness. Thanks. Uh, oh my God. After this guy punches her face in. And they freeze the melee. They kind of reset and memory wipe it. And she turns and sees the man. You commented how she doesn't even try to like fix her face or wipe up the yes. blood or tears. Yeah, right. Tears and blood. And she doesn't even. It's, it's just unregistered. There, there's a lot of stuff that I like in this scene in regards to the reactions to it. Not that I, I, I hate watching people get beat up. Like it, it I just hate it. Um, I'm sure nobody loves watching people be, get beat up, but it like, oof. anyway, when all of this is going on and we, we do see like reactions from people and something that I think is, is so telling is that Charlotte's reaction is just this smug, like I'm about to get my way. And Teresa is really uncomfortable, right? She knows they're both hosts. She knows the situation and she's still so she uncomfortable because she's fucking human. She knows it's a lot. She watches what looks like two humans right. being in the situation and that is hard for her to watch. Whereas this fucking sociopath, sadistic, horrible woman just looks there all smug mm-hmm. thinking about how she's going to get her way. Her begging for help with the glass, stuff like that. Oh, it's brutal. But yeah, you're right. Her reaction in watching Ford... Ford's look is priceless. Oh, I, I, I teased that at the so beginning. Um, and of course, Bernard too. Bernard's keeping it together yes. with his steely android gaze. <laughs> I love Bernard so much now that I know he's a Cylon. <laughs> but Ford, the way he has his head kind of cocked to the side, this real smile, 
And I just, the thought bubble is got to be something like, are you fucking kidding me, you hacks? Did you think this is going to like trick me? No way. I think Hopkins is a god. So they do this demonstration. This time Clementine uh, dodges his clumsy attack and bashes his head in pretty ferociously. Yeah, I wrote, Brick, you killed a guy in my notes. So it continues to, this time Clem, uh, this, uh, this time Bernard and Ford still say nothing. Ford seems almost amused. And then Stubbs tells Maeve to freeze. She doesn't respond. He's forced to shoot her. Right. Um, I do want to point out the idea that they have, again, we see a human beat up Clem. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they're like, surprise, it's not really a human. It's a host. He's just supposed to read human. Oh, I'm sorry. So this whole fucking time, hosts could read as humans. So how does this prove your point? Maybe hosts can. This is so stupid because they're trying to prove a point that hosts can just kill a human which I guess they think they're proving, but they're actually not because a host is just killing a host that's apparently reading as human. So how do we know hosts aren't reading as human? And this just opens a whole nother bag of worms, which I feel like can go into the second season. So maybe the fucking man in black is a host for all we know now. Maybe we can go back to that original theory based on this. Right. Um, I think that you bring up a good point here and, and this scene deserves to be taken to task a little on that idea alone, which is, the scene is effective to watch, meaning you get a visceral yes. response watching it. But when you stop and you think about it, there's a couple of things. First, Daniel Fouch brought up, why not do this demonstration for the board, right? Yeah, where's the fucking board? I guess we're supposed to believe that what's-your-name represents the board. But the only well, problem- what's your name's a bitch. But that Sorry. doesn't make any sense, but- I just hate her. But I think it's important to note that what they're trying to do is what exactly? What's the motivation for the demonstration, Jessica? Nothing. No, no, there is one. They talked about it. What is it? I don't know. It's to make Ford retire. Right. So. But they should have done it in front of other people. More other people. Not just a robot in Stubbs, right. who's also a robot. Little right. does everyone know. But that's no, my next theory I'm real high on. But, but what I think is this: there's a lot of hubris here. And just plain stupidity. <laughs> which is, your demo, your, 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 your demonstration is... To what? Make Ford somehow lose confidence or Bernard lose confidence in what's going on here and then maybe resign under the pressure of the board? They're so stupid. They're like, we're going to do a demonstration for us two who are on the board and Ford who is God and also two robots, essentially. Right. That's my point here. (laughs) It's so illogical. Right. The the blood sacrifice is just where they're going to take this data back to the board and say, hey, we just want. So let's play. Well, let's let's try to play it out. Let's brainstorm it out. All right, do you want to like method act it? No, let's just brainstorm okay. it out. So they do this demonstration. Then what? They go, they return to the board and, and, and Hale says what? She says, hey, I did this demonstration for them. We found some just, try not to just jump down no, her I'm throat. No, not, but let's maybe this idiot thought it. that he would just be like, holy shit, There's you're no right. Way. If she is, she's the dumbest person in the world. I failed. This actually, this scene actually has... No purpose you, other you than think, Charlotte think, sucking at her job. Do you think, I think this scene was a mistake. Okay. Maybe well, not written properly. Okay. Let's continue to work through it. Do you think okay. it's possible that, do you think it's possible that Hale thought Bernard would maybe see the fault in this and turn Bernard against Ford? Because Ford's always kind of had Bernard's back. Then you have one person against Ford. Yeah, but a very important person. But you could have the whole board watching. I think the fact that nobody else from the board was there is very problematic. I think the whole board should have been there with Ford to watch this demonstration. Do you think that they were doing the sacrifice because they knew that if Ford didn't retire, that they would in fact fire him with the necessary material should they have it? 
maybe they didn't, maybe they're, maybe the board is not as nefarious as Hale. And maybe they were going to, maybe Hale was like, well, we're going to do this demonstration. And then if he doesn't, if he doesn't step down as a request of the board, we'll show the board this material and they'll and we'll be forced have to fire him. Bernard and Stubbs, the two hosts to back us. They don't know their and, and just the demonstration in general. Sure, that makes sense, and that's fine. And, and maybe they're just building a fake case against him. Should he not step down, then the board will fire him based on this demonstration. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that, but the, that, that's the only the, thing that makes the sense. The more I think about it, I feel like this scene was just for the um, emotional, like visceral reaction we were all going to have to it, and actually wasn't as thought out as it should have been. Right, but um, but that's why I'm trying to I'm trying to think. It's it out fine. My response to it worked, and I'm cool with it. Okay. Well, but then something horrible happens. Bernard gets fired. Yeah. And I just want to quote Andrea Ramos in the chat because it's fucking hilarious. She says, on the second watch, I was laughing when they fired a robot. (laughs) First watch, I was so sad for his life's work. (laughs) I I was sad, too. But this was the point the first time we watched the episode. And I don't know if you remember, but I remember specifically is when they fired him and they're like, well, Bernard, this is your oversight unless there's something else you need to tell us. And he could obviously sell Ford out and that would be that. Maybe that's what they thought was going to happen. Maybe they thought Bernard would sell out Ford to save his job. Wait, I'm back on board with this there scene. There you go. They did all of this because Teresa's like, no, Bernard is a good man. He's sensitive. He cares about these robots. I know that he wants to do the right thing. He's tried to talk to me about Ford before. Mm -hmm. If we show Bernard this, he's going to turn on Ford and tell us all the secrets he knows. That's what they thought was going to happen. That's why they did this in front of Bernard and not the board. I'm so glad this all just came to me. I like it. Because they turned to him. They're like, hey, Bernard, this was your fault. Unless you have something to tell us. And Bernard just fucking... One, Ford just lets him take it like such a fucking asshole. So... I was like, what a douche, nah, but I love him. That was boss. Um, and Bernard just takes it and doesn't say a word. And at this point, the, the first time I watched the episode, I'm like, hey, this goes. I didn't think Bernard was going to be a host in this episode. I was like, oh, add this to the Bernard is a host theory mm-hmm. because the hosts have to protect Ford. We saw Teddy do it. I think, Very important. I think Bernard taking the firing totally caught them by surprise now that you're mentioning it. Yes. Because they're like, oh, shit, he's going to just take the firing. Yes. And he appears to be graciously exiting. Yes. <laughs> he's because not flipping out. He's he, just like, fuck it. Bye. He's programmed to protect Ford, just like every other host in the park. Right. Yep. And so this to me, again, I was going to add it to my column of like, you know, my list of shit I have. So I'm like, hey, here's my list of stuff that makes me think my theories are true. I didn't think we were going to actually know my theory was true today. But this was like something I took note of the first time I watched it. I know, a theory. I know I call it my theory, but it's not my theory. I didn't make up any theories on my own. Whatever. I'm going to make up a really stupid theory and pretend it's fine. But this makes sense to me. Now I feel so much better that we talked this out. And the scene actually makes sense now. I know why they did what they did. Because they were surprised when Bernard didn't just sell Ford out. And what did you learn today? That sometimes when you talk a scene out versus just calling Hale a bitch. Well, she is You have amazing revelations. Just like when Maeve does her walk of death and life and everything else. Good stuff. All right. So now we cut back to the train where Dolores is drawing a picture post-coitus. Sex mm-hmm. makes her creative. That's what she does after. Nice. She doesn't smoke a cigarette. She does great artwork. She doesn't eat everything in sight. <laughs> As most women do. Anyways, uh, William wakes up. He was napping and doing nothing while she was drawing the next great American painting. Charcoal or something. Whatever it was. I mean, he doesn't regret their banging because his home life feels unreal now, which is what every adulterer says to the other woman. Mm-hmm. 
then follows it up by saying, I'll leave my wife, I swear. And next thing you know, somebody's murdered and we're watching Dateline. <laughs> I've heard this story before, William. Oh, shit. We take you now to the inside of the train where they consummated their love. It was here that the first shot was yes. fired. That's not a really good Keith Morrison, but it was good. Oh, it was somebody. He would say something like, but why <laughs> did she draw that what, picture what before she murdered his wife? Down this path. Anyway. Um, anyways, so William says the most important thing he says in this episode, not that he loved having sex with her, but that he understands Westworld. Mm-hmm. That he thought was originally about pandering to base instincts, but right. he understands now it doesn't cater to your lowest self. It reveals your deepest self. It shows you who you really are, which to me is a very, I'm going to be the man in black soon quote. I like that a lot. Uh, We talked a little bit about this when we were talking about old Billy Boy and Dolores a minute ago, but I like this thought process. I like that he comes to this conclusion having experienced Westworld, uh, saying it doesn't cater to your, it doesn't cater to your lower, lower self, but more revealing your deeper self. What do you think about that? Do you think that it is, um, do you think in catering to your lowest self, it reveals your deeper self? Probably. I think your lowest self is your deepest and truest self, don't you? Yeah, right. Like, that's why people are like, if you love me at my worst, you truly love me. There you go. You know. Um, could you do me a favor and, uh, and, and talk to me about what uh, Junk Fist is saying in the chat right now? Oh, gosh, I got to read it. Hold on. I was reading it. You have to give me a second. You tell me not to pay attention to the chat, and then I don't pay attention to the chat, and you yell at me when you tell me to read something. Yes, I do think because he got his dick wet that now he has changed his mind about Westworld. No, that's he not- may be waiting for marriage for to lose his virginity. And now he just All right, here's what Junkfish says in the chat. Last seen a couple ups back, William thinks Westworld is a big stupid scheme to break people down, and then he gets his dick wet, and now he's like, Westworld's great. Like, I thought he was on this in spite of Westworld because he liked her, not the place. Yes. Um, I kind of feel like he... I understand what he's saying. I was making a joke, okay? I understand what he's saying, but I think he is... uh, I understand the statement, but I also think it really comes down to this. I think it's... He went into Westworld with a certain perspective. He spent more time in Westworld, started to experience new things, experienced new things with Dolores, started to learn more about himself, and then had a different perspective on Westworld. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's, or, or at least his experience with Westworld, right? Because obviously a lot of people go there to do crazy shit and maybe it reveals their lower self, but in him it reveals his deeper self. I mean, deeper, lower, we're kind of getting cute with semantics here, but. I think that William was a man who was unhappy with his life. He had douchey Logan lording over him and telling him what to do. He was marrying some chick he probably didn't really love, who Mm -hmm. probably wasn't really like into him either. Um, because that's what he should have done for the company. He may be a secret serial killer, as people in the chat have earlier um, questioned, based on, you know, just his personality as a whole. Yep. And now all of a sudden, this thing that he was like, oh, I hate this thing. He's like, but holy shit, this is actually awesome, which I think in a way proves that Westworld works, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, this I think it goes way beyond sex, dude. No, I think I, it has a lot to do with he's on this crazy adventure, and he's really starting to... He's starting to think a lot about, while he's in Westworld, what he's not doing is worrying about this other life that he has. He's starting to think about other things in a different way, whether he's hanging out with Dolores or somebody else or doing this crazy mission or getting into a gunfight or running around on a fucking horse or whatever the fuck he's doing. I think that is 
making him realize that his other life is somehow antiseptic less. or less than, uh, more pretense than in Westworld than he's feeling in Westworld. Maybe William was and always... And he might be wrong, but that's what he's feeling. But maybe he always came in, even though he was kind of a naysayer, deep down he wanted to be proved wrong. Like, you know those people. You know those people who are like, talk shit about something. Like, this is going to suck. This is going to be the worst. Oh, man. And that's actually awesome. They're like, holy shit. But it was actually awesome. But deep down, they always wanted it to be awesome. But I don't know. They just had to go against the grain. And everyone's like, Westworld's awesome. And he had to be like, no, that's not me. I'm not that kind of dude who likes Westworld. I'm different. Mm-hmm. But deep down, he was always like, but what if I do like Westworld? He definitely went, yeah, in a sense. He definitely went in with a shitty attitude, thinking, oh, this place is dumb. It's blah, blah, blah. It's going to be this. And and remember, he, his perspective on Westworld might just be how his friend Logan went in and how his friend Logan acted and how he felt pressure from Logan to behave a certain way. And then when he decided he didn't, he started to learn a little bit more about himself and the time that he spent in Westworld. I think it's pretty much that. I don't think it needs to be more complicated than that, to be honest with you. It is what it is. Yep. What would you like to talk about next? Um, I do just want to mention that she says, um, I'm not a key, William. I'm just me. Hmm. Because I Pretty think, explicit dialogue there. Right, huh? and I think that this comes to theories, comes to thoughts, a lot of things like, is Dolores the key to the maze? Is that why the man in black wants Dolores? Is that what he's looking for? Mm-hmm. And if William is perhaps the man in black and he's still doing this, is if right here in this moment, their first moment of true love after they bang, she tells him, it's not me. I'm not the key. You're not going to find what you're looking for through me. I'm just a person, you know, doing what I want to do and that mm-hmm. that's totally been disregarded. I feel like that phrase matters. I like it. And it's something worth thinking about. Right. Um, before William can say what he dreams about, yeah, the train stops. So they have a battle with the Confederados. Confederados. Jean really liked this battle. I thought it was really well done. I thought this was awesome. This is an action set piece um, that I thought was a lot of fun. I like the classic boulders on the train tracks. You got to stop the locomotive. The nitro and the dead body. These guys come too. running out of nowhere. They start laying down fire with their Gatlin gun. Um, good news, the train is fucking iron, so it's going to be hard to shoot through. Uh, so you definitely got good cover. I like the little things that pop down over the windows. I just thought that was just a cool battle. I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought to myself, boy, if Lawrence and these guys had a few rifles, those guys would be fucked because they have zero cover. They're just standing out there in the middle of the fucking dirt. That is what Dean said the first time I watched the um, episode. But I like the fucking Vaya con Dios, motherfuckers. The exploding person who we saw uh, in a prior episode get pumped yeah, full we, of the explosive stuff. And that was two episodes ago. I love when shit pays Good off. Payoff. I liked it a lot. I really do. Little things like that when it, it comes back and pays off. That's that's good attention to sure. detail. I'm high on that shit. Uh, cool establishing shots as they ride off. Beautiful landscape. A landscape, of course, that Dolores will recognize from her painting. Right? That's important. Yes. She's dreaming of things. And then Lawrence tells William and Dolores to hurry up, and that's when they say, we're parting ways with you, good sir. Yeah. Lawrence, we're best friends, and I will kill you in a future, in 30 years. But for now, we're going into the unclaimed territories. Nice. So cool. Ain't nothing ever come back from there, says Lawrence. There you have it. Um, Did we see Ghost Nation yet? Because I just want to mention something about them. What's that? Yeah. Ghost Nation? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... That's part of it. I guess we kind of, do we ride by that? Yeah. Ghost Nation was there and stuff. And I just want to 
throw this out there. And again, I know I'm just preaching the choir now, but Ghost Nation is an old storyline. We know this for 100% fact because Maeve was in the Ghost Ghost Nation storyline with her daughter, which what's his face? Felix said, oh, that was an old story, essentially, when he was doing the walkthrough with her. So I feel like we're 100% now that this is in the past. I like it. Right? We're definitely not in the present day as far as that. Maybe William is not the man in black, but let's be honest. He probably is at this point. And now I'm kind of bored theorizing about it and I need something new. Gotcha. And the chat room doesn't even care because they're talking about vagina mazes. And (laughs) I had to bring it up because Dean can't even contain himself. He's trying so hard not to laugh. That's good shit. I'm not talking about vagina mazes. Anyways, Mavis is uh, back with Felix, and he says she needs to stop getting herself killed. Um, and she got herself killed because she needs to know where Clementine is. And she makes Sylvester take her there, and what they find is some pretty fucked up shit, which is Felix, a.k.a. the ginger douche. Oh, I'm sorry. Felix is the guy I like. Sylvester, a.k.a. the ginger douche. Right. Lobotomizing Clem. Yeah. Literally, like, lobotomizing her. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was just a phrase they used, but no, that's that's actually what he's fucking doing. That's pretty dark shit. That's yeah. hard for fucking Maeve to see, I'm sure. Right, right. Uh, so, I mean, not much here other than we learn about Clementine's demise. Yeah, Clementine may be dead and never uh, coming back again. And, and this is uh, Bernard and Teresa piggyback off of this. This right. is the beginning of Teresa's end, essentially. Uh, Bernard and Teresa don't seem too concerned with the presence of people walking in the hall. That was a concern people had last time. Right, it's, and so this explains that shit like this happens all the time. It's normal. Moving this is Bernard, around. and well, if Bernard isn't concerned, that is problematic. But if Teresa doesn't concern get concerned, then we know that that shit happens I don't, all the time. To be honest with you, I think there is a small clue here because this is the beginning of Teresa's death march. Oh and yeah, I, and I have a I feeling love that, you that call it that too. I have a feeling that Bernard would recognize Maeve and be concerned, but I think that he is in single mission mode right now, which I actually thought that was suspicious. The fact that Bernard didn't say anything about seeing Maeve, we know he knows who Maeve is, right? That she's I was like, wait a, second. a whore at a brothel? But all the stuff going on with her, you don't think he knows anything about that? I mean, sure, probably. Well, even if he does or he doesn't, Bernard is a guy who would probably say something, whereas Therese is probably just like, okay, guys are moving around doing their work, Hashtag whereas Bernard knows Therese's. these hosts. Death March. I really like that hashtag. So he kind of ignores it and he takes Teresa. They walk away that beginning. That's the beginning of her end. Bernard comes at Teresa. He tells her that the code work on the demonstration was sloppy. He also knows about the satellite uplink. Yeah, he's like, you're actually a fucking idiot and I know everything. Awesome. Your show was stupid. I know about your satellite in the stray. And he's like, but I believe you. I believe there's this connection between the the reveries, the memory, the improv, everything that's happening. Hosts sure. are varying. They're on the verge of change. And he says, she says that her concerns have always been the people in the park. And he's like, I need to show you something. So right now we're like, man, Bernard is going to sell out Ford. Maybe right. we think that. Maybe right. we think, holy shit, Bernard's going to fucking be a host and kill Teresa. But I wasn't expecting that in yeah. this moment. So it was like, okay. He's turning around. He's like, hey, I got to show you something. And what I really like about this is he always like kind of hints to Teresa like there's something with Ford. There's something with Ford. But he's never specific with her about what's going on until she's literally at the end. Right. It's so smart. It's so well done. And as I said to Dean, we're watching this episode. I would love to go back and 
watched the whole season at this point, knowing Bernard was a host for a fact the whole time. Right. So you can rewatch and see the clues. And again, it's like, it's hard to do with a TV show, but it's, it's just like The Sixth Sense. And the first time I saw yep. The Sixth Sense, yep. and I immediately rewound the fucking Blockbuster DVD. <laughs> And started it from the beginning again, saying, like, then, I'm going to find where they messed up. And then three days later, when it was done rewinding, I watched it yeah. again, rewinding. No, but, like, I still to this day remember watching the whole thing and not knowing the end, rewinding it and rewatching it and trying to find, like, did they mess up? And there's still one moment I find questionable, and I still remember it. Like, that's how much it stuck with me, and I'd love to do that with this show again. Yeah. But anyway, before he shows her what he's going to show her, we got to see what's going on with Maeve. Yeah, let's do it. And now the ginger douche is in the picture. Yep, Sly, I call him Felix and Maeve, having a chat. And um, he's trying to explain to Maeve why he did what he had to do. And he's making sense for somebody in his position. If I yeah, didn't, they'd get does, someone 100%. else to do it. They'd be suspicious. And that's when she's like, you're going to do I something else I did it for you, for he yeah, says. It's a little weird. Which is so douchey, but also like so in his character of just being like a douche. Where he's like, hey, listen, I had to do it. And then he's like, but by the way, I did it for you. Yep. That's it for you, Maeve. Just killed your best friend right there. You right said for you. DVD, you meant VHS a minute yeah. ago. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, Maeve. Uh, you know what I meant. Yeah. It, I, I, it's funny because I knew what you would be trying to say here, and I just ignored it. Maybe I'm a host. Maybe I just oh, I missed although it. Although the DVD and VHS. Yeah. I, just I was like it. even picturing like the Blockbuster DVD, and I was going to make a joke about Blockbuster, and I probably should have, and that would have been better. But can you edit this and pretend I always said VHS, please? Nope. Continue. <sighs> Um, he did it for her and she's like great you're going to do one more thing for me and she explains and this is a quote that I like she says surviving is just another loop she's always been a survivor but that's just another loop right. um, she wants to escape at first I thought you and the others were gods then I realized you were just men and I know men you think I'm scared of death I've died a million times I'm mm -hmm. fucking great at it how many times have you died Awesome. Is Maeve literally not the best human being in the entire world, even though she's a robot? That might I'm in love her, with her. That might make her the best human being in the world. Um, did Elsie make out with Maeve or... Clementine. Uh, that was her mistake, honestly, I feel, based on this right here. That's a great little monologue right there. Yeah. Uh, she still has these guys by the balls, huh? Yes, but... but and, and I'm sorry. I believe it. I Me know too. some people don't, but these are two fucking bumbling idiots who work at the lowest level <laughs> of Westworld... And she is a madam and her fucking job is she's programmed to, she says right here, you're just men and I know men. They made her somebody who can read men and understand people and how they work. They also made her super smart with that perception. And, and, and plus bump. that as well. But just in general, these guys are nervous. They're, they're uncertain. They're not sure. She's sure, confident. Sure. She's going to do what she's going to do, and she's ready. I, I, I love that. She's died a million times, and she's great at it. Awesome. I love her. All right. But anyway, um, she's going to kill them if they don't help her. Or two. Now we're going to go to our big reveal, which is like a whole page of notes for me. Um, Teresa and Bernard are in the elevator, and she wants to know why they're not bringing a security team. What a great scene. That's a great question, Teresa. I like Bernard's response. Who could we trust? I trusted you, for instance. Mm. Which is great, except he's not bringing a security team, so he's going to murder the shit out of her because he's a serial killer robot. Right. Who knows who else he's murdered? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, uh, boy, into the little house they go. I, I like that. Lots of little 
a, a quick build up and reveal here in the scene. I like Teresa. She explains everything to Bernard, what's happening, how they need the intellectual property. They think Ford's going to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. And then she Oof. says something Played very, right very, hands. very important, though, which now Ford knows. Do you really think the corporation's interests are people playing cowboy? Mm. That, to me, says that this maze, this idea that there's more at stake, this idea of like immortality, perhaps, right, is actually a fucking thing, Absolutely. and that is coming from the board. Absolutely. And then we're going to see this more when we get to Ford, but but still, this is where it starts, and this is where we start with this Bernard stuff. And and again, it's super heavily telegraphed, and I'm fine with that. I love it. I was still surprised when we got the official reveal, and when she was looking through the drawings, me and Dean were both like. Oh my God, Bernard's going to be in those drawings. Like mm-hmm. we knew it was going to happen. And I still found it exciting. Me anyway, too. the longer I work here, the more I understand the hosts. Human beings confuse me. Our first little right in this scene. And then of course the door. What door? Um. Yeah. And it starts with Teresa says why the house is not any of the maps. Sure. And Bernard explains the surveyors are hosts <laughs> and they could be programmed to just not see it. They literally couldn't see it if it was right in front of them. Followed by, directly by almost, what's behind the door? What door? At this point, the first time I watched the episode, I turned to Dean and say, we have confirmed it. Yeah. Bernard is a host. I'm excited. I'm pressing pause to jump around. This reminded me, really? No. But in my heart. Might be hyperbolic right there. Um, Or exaggerating is what I'm looking for. But um, I will say this reminded me of Fight Club when um, Ed Norton says, we've lost cabin pressure. Like when he realizes like he's... (laughs) That's that moment when he says, oh, about the door. You know, you're like, holy shit right there. But before we go... That big reveal moment. I love it. I think before we go forward with this, I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that Teresa said and I think how it could be seeds for future... Seasons? Things. The idea of immortality, that it's not about the... It's not necessarily about people playing cowboys and Indians, tourists playing cowboys and Indians or whatever the fuck they're playing, but, but more about the idea of what they can do with it. If you can upload somebody's consciousness, you can effectively create immortality. That's something that you can really do. Um, if you if you don't believe in the existence of a soul, you could simply say that if you could take your consciousness, your brain, and put it somewhere else. And I think that kind of stuff is really heavy and interesting concepts, uh, something that I think a show like Westworld would love to explore uh, after they wrap up this bad boy. So it's cool that she set that up in a sense. Uh, in the chat, they're talking about a totally different version of what this could be setting up, which is that there are no hosts in the real world, only in the park. And then if you get hosts in the real world, you can get all this use, military-made factories. You could okay. bank off it, basically. Sure, sure. Selling these people. So instead of training some idiot to be a customer service representative, you just buy a host, a one-time fucking fee, mm-hmm. and you're good forever. In this one specific position, right? It's probably cheaper to buy a host than it is to train somebody and pay them for the entirety of their life. Yeah, and then shortly after that... So that's a whole different idea. And then shortly after that, Rome fucking falls because nobody has jobs because there's too many slaves. I'm just saying. That's certainly, and I also could be what's happening here. It makes sense. It makes sense. It definitely... Not even my theory stole it from um, Junk Fist and LSK. There you go. Um... So let's move on. You can't see the door. Oh, Rachel as well in the chat. Sorry. I want to credit everybody. And that's when she's like, it's right over here. And fucking Ford steps in. They cannot see the things that will 
harm them. And, but before this, I like the um, every moment building up to this, we see the machine and they explain like, oh, this must have been a remote diagnostic place, blah, blah, blah. They built the cottage on top of it. So weird. Bernard says he didn't even know it was there. Um, they explain it's an older machine making a model. It's not as good as what they have now, but could make one in a few days. So basically, Ford has been making his own host and telling no one. And then we see the drawings. Mini Ford. Dolores. The drawings we're seeing are fucking on purpose. Are we right? Yep. We're seeing Dolores for a reason as the one we see. And I don't know if it's because that's who we relate to. But still. And then at this point, you know, we're all assuming that Bernard's going to be in this pile, which he is. And I like that she goes through and you see her face kind of change. And Bernard asks, what's the matter? Have you seen these? What is this, Bernard? She hands him the drawing. It's him. And his response is the (laughs) typical I'm a host response. Doesn't look like anything to me. Yep. And now, I'm sorry. Like, this gave me all the feels. Right. Seeing William Bang Dolores, I was like, "Eh, I wanted more feels. Not here. This was perfect. I loved it. It's just it's just such a good moment in, in it was, this character. I thought life. it was perfect. I really did. I because thought it was you a feel perfect sad reveal. Him, you know, because yes, very sad. One of the things that Westworld is so successful at is we sit around and we go, "Well, we know they're hosts, but we still care." And we can even guess they might be hosts, but we still care. Or at least I do. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I still cared about Bernard's existence, even I love though him. it was kind of telegraphed that it was going to be what it was. It doesn't. It didn't change for me. Right. That moment it was, still was impactful on me, and it's still, uh, it's kind of tragic. It's a weird, you know. It's still, it's 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 hard to watch Bernard come to that realization himself. Right, because we we just saw it with Maeve, and we knew she was a host the whole time, and then we get to see right. her revelation. This is someone who we have been told is human, and we had to watch him again. This is so Battlestar Galactica to me, right? Like the yeah, Cylons no being like, I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. But a character who you see as human for all this time, them suddenly realizing that they are a Cylon. And that's what we'll see later in the scene with Bernard. But just this moment for Teresa, she slept with this guy. She had romantic feelings for him. They had this really intense relationship. Um, Lone Star Kid in the chat says, as predictable as this was, I still got goosebumps. That's That's how I feel. This was not a surprise for me, but it was so rewarding and it was so worth it. I have no complaints about it. I really don't. Yeah, but everyone involved in this scene is excellent. Oh, my God. Anthony Hopkins is terrifying. Teresa's utter... I loved her in this scene. ...revelation as to what was happening. I know I've fucking used that word 10 times. You're a fucking monster, she says. Awesome. And, of course, Bernard's Bernard's moments of... He almost starts to almost malfunction a little because he's so woke up. Sure. And then, of course, he gets a break from, from Ford. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, we continue. Bernard gets confused when Ford first starts explaining, Teresa, you're a fucking monster. Um, and he kind of laughs it off. Right. Um, but, and he but, says, but, but he and he does says say to this. Teresa, he's like, you destroy them all. Even Bernard. Mm-hmm. He says, am I? You're the one who would blindly destroy them all, including him, I suppose. And I like Teresa's... And just put yourself in Teresa's... This is... I love Teresa in the scene with Ford at the restaurant earlier where she was like, I came here when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I really loved her in that scene. And I really loved her in this scene. And this in this realization, oh, I, you'd kill Bernard too, I suppose. And she's like, oh, was it, was it your idea? Mm-hmm. Did you make this happen? And he's like, no, no. 
he's basically like you banging Bernard was your idea, but you know, Bernard probably really liked the company. It's such a slight to her from, Mm -hmm. from Ford. And it's so emotionally painful. I imagine for her, because I, I feel like there were genuine feelings involved between the two of them. When you watch them together, minus the whole not zipping up the dress thing. Sure. That to me is like, I mean, her thinking like, Oh no, my God, he made this, host sleep with me to get information he's like no you did that absolutely you saw this person that you thought was a human that you developed these feelings for that you had this romantic relationship with that was all you right and this was never real this goes back to william and in Uh, right right it It goes back to what william was saying about dolores and it mirrors what he was saying except william always knew dolores was a robot and Teresa never knew so it's almost like right doubly kind of crazy in in her circumstance for her how she must feel it's awesome. I like it a lot. I, I do. I do like that. It's it's in, it's incredible. I, I like that part of it. I also like that line. You're the one who would blindly destroy them all, and you're calling me a monster. Is essentially I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's essentially, essentially what he's saying. And you know, we that's something we haven't talked about a lot. We we talked about it a little in the beginning, but we didn't want to beat it to death. But here it comes back again. It's the idea of. If you believe, if you value the host's lives, if you think the host's lives are as valuable as Teresa's, it puts you in a weird conundrum here, doesn't it? With what she was proposing, with what she was attempting to do, with their lack of care for these bots, just wanting the IP, just wanting the programming, shut them all down. I mean, you're you're shutting off all these consciousness is, whether they're real or not. I mean, that's something to think about. This is one of those moral quandaries that uh, Jean-Luc Picard would not allow. He would not allow you to just turn them all off because he would believe that they are self-aware beings in a weird sense. And uh, it gets a little dicey where I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he's justified in killing Teresa, but I am suggesting that he might have a claim for protecting them from Teresa if you think that they have any type of value in a any type of equal value to humans on some level at all. And that's what the show's been trying to do to us this whole time. We never really get a straight on, when we're in Westworld, it's always about where we're watching. Until William, we were watching the perspective of the hosts and what they go through and what they endure. And if they feel and think and remember and cry and experience emotion by way of programming from some computer or the programming of their fucking brain, is it any less bad that they feel and experience the things that they do? It's it's weird, right? And it's so true. We've seen everything from the perspective of the host. And the first real human we even got a perspective of was Teddy, who wasn't. And then we got William, and we've had Bernard. He's been our human perspective mainly, right? Even though I know we all assumed he was a host. But he's been our guy on the outside that we've cared the most about, I feel. I, Bernard's been wonderful. This, when he's talking about his son, his wife, he's like, I was a father. This is like devastating to sure. watch. I, I mean, just thinking about it now makes me upset. Could, mm-hmm. could you imagine? And nobody can. And that's why it's crazy. And like, what if I'm a host and one day someone's like, Jessica, your life's not even real. And right. your dog is not even your dog. And that never even happened. That'd be devastating for me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but no but seriously her entire family but (laughs) go ahead but seriously this to me is so deeply sad in in such an emotion that you can understand his reaction he's like no it can't be possible because i know Mm -hmm. i know i have this family and i know i have this son 
and how true he feels about that. And the fact that we've always seen him as a human, having a human life and human memories really shows you more about the hosts and our relationship to them. Because like Maeve yes, has these dreams about her daughter, but we're like, yeah, yeah, but Maeve never really had a daughter. And like, we know that and she's sad and that sucks, but whatever. Bernard never really had a son. He's exactly the same as Maeve. Mm-hmm. He never had a son. That was just an idea they put in his fucking head so he'd have it. Just like Teddy never fucking killed people with Wyatt. It's an idea they put in his head. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do. And seeing it happen in this type of circumstance for somebody that we believed as a human who we really care about his feelings, that we saw that as a true thing. Mm -hmm. We were shown that as if it was true. It's really emotional. And it was, I don't know, it... I love this scene. This is a great fucking moment of television. And my point is people people's reactions to this scene sort of prove my point about Westworld is working. Because we're having all this emotional response about this character who is a bot. He's a robot. He's a host. It's not like we're revealing, "Oh my god, this terrible he's a human being." Like it does in other words, this revelation that he has that's an, I said it again. I'm going to try to say it as many times as possible. Is important because it shows us that we still care about him, even though he is in fact a robot. Right. It doesn't so diminish much. our empathy for him because we we anthropomorphize them, and that's why we don't feel like, any less than we did. No, it's it's right? like, it's like Westworld is working. It's is like my animals; point. we anthropomorphize them too. It's like, and I know it's not the same thing, but you know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, it's like my dog in response to like someone's child. And I know they're not the same thing, but you do that. Like you Mm -hmm. have these things that are not like, but you make them that way in your mind. And Bernard to us is a human. We care about him emotionally as a a human, although he's not. And we feel the way about Maeve too. But we know Maeve is not a human, so we still have that in the back of our minds. Right. And no matter how many times we guessed it about Bernard, we still weren't told that. And that's what makes this different. I understand. And just i loved it i loved it and what a way to turn turn this on its head where uh, there there are there are the there are the viewers who are sitting back and going i knew this saw it coming but but i think westworld knew that people were going to say that and feel that way but then to turn it into he's like a fucking straight up frankenstein monster gonna kill her that is awesome and and in such a dark and fucking casual fucking serial yes. killer the way manner. he's like taking his tie off and shit his so glasses. matter of fact because if i was gonna murder somebody i'd take off my glasses too so he had that right on yeah it was just wild it was, it glasses, was a real the sport coat and the tie mm-hmm. then it's time for murder yeah uh him him saying i built everything here of course her phone doesn't work stuff like that there's a lot of stuff too that i don't want to miss go for it um giving them consciousness is a weight that they have been spared the hosts are the ones who are free, free here under my control. And I feel like that is a quote we will forever come back to on this show. And and I don't know if there's much to discuss about it right now, but it's just worth mentioning. Um, this is where Teresa says, but Bernard's not under your control. He brought me here. He was going to mm-hmm. sell you out. I love it. And Ford's like, Such are denial. you fucking kidding me? Right. He's like, Bernard brought you here under my orders. He's been very loyal for many years. I love I love this because we've been watching this like Bernard kind of like hint like, oh, I'm going to sell Ford out, but I don't know. Then you're like, okay, but is he a host? Is somebody else controlling him or is it actually Ford? 
you're not sure? Does Ford not know that Bernard's a host? Because <laughs> because I think I've, I theorized that last week or the worst week before, whenever point I did, that maybe Ford didn't know that Bernard was a host. He was a host from Arnold. It was this whole different thing. I was totally wrong. Every time Bernard was like, hey, I have this intel on Ford, it was to gain Teresa's trust. Right. So that if she did try to betray him, Ford would know and he could take care of it. Good shit. Like in a serial killer manner. Um, he talks about playing God. She says that Ford wanted to play God, but he says he didn't. He just wanted to tell his stories. It was right. the board that wanted to play God with your little undertaking. And I wrote immortality question mark. <laughs> so there's still that idea. Is that a possibility? Um, and Teresa threatens him with the board. The board's going to come after you. They're not going to like stand for this. And he like giggles like a schoolgirl. Right. The board. <laughs> basically. Um, and I like what he said. So this to me, he says. They will do nothing. Every once in a while, they test me. This time, they sense you. And this is where you say, okay, how many people has he clubbed out and replaced with robots? How many times has the board sent someone to deal with Ford? It is not going Ford's way. How many? He's killed them and then recreated them. How many people on the board <laughs> are hosts Absolutely. at this point? Awesome. Right? Yep. Right? I love everything. And then he drops I it love on her. everything about him saying that. By saying, sadly, in order to restore things, the situation demands a blood sacrifice. Throwing that quote right back at her, which kind of sucks because it wasn't her quote. It was that bit Charlotte Hale's quote, and she gets to live. No, but it makes him feel good. I know it does. To, to, tell, to show her. It makes him feel good to show her that he knows what's going on. Do you really think I'd let you take it from me? That is... That line right there is everything. He will burn the fucking world before he lets you take this shit from him. He says, and I, and I just want to read, see, Arnold and I designed every part of this place. It was our dream. Did you really think I would let you take it from me? And then later he says, like I said, I built all of this. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting that he goes from Arnold and I, Arnold and I, to me, me, I. Yes, good point. And I think there bodes the theory for the people who think Ford and Arnold are perhaps the same person. We, we've we never seen pictures of Arnold, quote unquote. Yeah, we do, ha we do have some thoughts about that image. That Bernard is that Arnold, Bernard which is I, Arnold. I'm on that theory too, but I... Couldn't I, see himself in the image because we're revealing that a lot lately. And, and in general, I've always felt like Bernard was the, the patsy, the version of Arnold that was going through the park. Mm -hmm. But I think the show could also work if Ford and Arnold were the same person. I think that's a possibility as well. And I think I think they're trying to throw us off so that we could go either way. And people are going to, you know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. hints going both ways so that one is not too obvious because the reveal is going to go either one way or the other. Either Bernard is Arnold or there really is no Arnold and it's always just been Ford. Yep. Um, I love his quote. I love the way he talks to her. Did you really think I would let you take this from me? I, I love it. And this is when Bernard turns back on because Bernard, he shut Bernard down when Bernard was having his panic attack. He said, that's enough. Don't get yourself worked up. Bernard is shut off through most of this. Right. Then when he says, did you really think I would let you take it from me? This is when Bernard turns back on. And Teresa asks if this is what Ford did to Arnold. Mm -hmm. Had Bernard take him out into the woods? And then Ford says, no, Bernard wasn't here in those days, which could be a hint that Bernard is Arnold. And then he says, 
like I said, I built all of this. A hint that maybe Ford is Arnold's. So I like that they throw both of those little thoughts in there to me, like theory-wise. Good shit. I feel like I just talked for literally three hours. That was good. It's all good stuff. <sighs> um, so that's the end of Teresa. Not really. Not really because... I'm afraid our guest has grown weary. Perhaps you could help her, Bernard, he says. He takes off those glasses. He's ready. Um, and then he sends Bernard back. You should be getting back, Bernard. We have a great deal of work to do on the new storylines. Which I feel like is another common, like, that's so what Bernard words. says to Dolores all the time. You should be getting back before someone misses you. Um, Violent Delights. That's the that's the one that sets him off. Hey, didn't Ab- Abernathy said that, right, to, to Bernard? I wonder if that's when he got... He may have. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, Teresa's going to be back. Like, no one got really sad. Um, I was kind of sad about Teresa dying, but she's being built as a She'll robot be so much more agreeable. literally right now. And now she's going to come back as a robot and be Bernard's girlfriend. And they're going to be in a serious relationship, a robot relationship. And she's also going to agree with everything Bernard says. And Charlotte Hale's going to be really pissed off. And I'm going to be team Teresa Bot. There you go. Well, that is the end of the episode. Thank you very much for taking us through it, Jessica. That was good stuff. Um, we are going to do a couple of listener comments. Uh, do you have any queued up yet, Jessica? Oh, God. I do. I will start. Blind Danny Johnson says, I'm 14 minutes into the latest episode and the board member Charlotte, a.k.a. cliche bad guy with money who pulls the strings, has just had her chat with Teresa and it was so awful and cliche that I'm almost willing to stop here and not go back to the show. That's pretty strong. <gasps> He continues by saying, we need a blood sacrifice, nothing obvious, etc. I had to post this now because I hope I'm wrong and it isn't as shit as the board members are happy to murder people for their secrets, for money, cliche. I'll carry on and report back, but I am interested in people's opinion on this terrible plot development. Also, this actress is shit, in this role at least. Um, So, now Blind Blind Danny Johnson continues, because now that we've started a story about Blind Danny Johnson, we should continue it. Uh, Daniel says to him, Daniel Fouch, not what they are going, doing, uh, not what they are doing with the cliche. Finish the episode before rendering your final decision. And blind Danny Johnson comes back and says, yeah, thanks. We'll finish the app. I'm so on the border line const- constantly with a show. One minute I think it's genius to love it. Next, I'm not sure. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, just got to the scene, which you referred to, I'm guessing. And although I assume Bernard would be for the chop or the blood sacrifice, in this case, you're right, was a good scene. And yes, Hopkins is amazing and so compelling in every scene he's in. I'm just waiting for a big reveal, which rather than enriches the story is either obvious and underwhelming or bizarre and completely out of left field under the guise of you didn't see that coming. I'm hoping that's not the case, but it's how I see it going at this stage. So it came around a little bit, but he's still pretty skeptical. But I wanted to read that because I thought it was pretty interesting. He felt the same way you did about Charlotte. Thank God. Um, Thanks for that, Mr. Mr. Blind Danny Johnson. Um, I I have a couple of things I want to go for read. it. I had a couple I always wanted to read, um, including like the, in this idea because I talked about this. Um, Mark Netter said the Dolores Williams scenes would have been the standout any other week, which is kind <laughs> of what I touched upon as well. That when you have an episode where your main people and the storyline that's supposed to be the most interesting is kind of not the most interesting, I feel like that speaks highly of your episode. Um, but I also wanted to read the rest of Andrea Ramos's comment. Um, she says the foreshadowing moments in this episode were pretty great on the rewatch. I want to throw out a few that especially made me have the tinglys. One, Mad Hatter Passage. 
Bernard was reading from Alice in Wonderland to his son in the dream sequence. If I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't. You know the rest. Could be Bernard's conscious trying to tell him that things are not what they seem. Um, number two is the Clementine thing, which I already read. Good stuff. Yep. Three was tech coded to read as human. <laughs> At this point, they're telling us flat out that a host can be seen by another host as human. They're just smacking us in the face, refraining from profanity in case my dad hears this on the pod. But you all know what I'm thinking. Boom. Yes, we do, Andrea. Yes, we do. Awesome. Four, Teresa's meeting with the Delos biatch. The Delos woman, we'll just refer to her as that from now on, says, we need a blood sacrifice. And the camera during the conversation pans just so you can see over Teresa's shoulder and see the host on the bed. Of course, now that we know Bernard is an extension of Ford and he was working with him just moments before the Delos management requested him, Mm -hmm. he probably sent him to record something. That's why Ford uses the same phrase, blood sacrifice. Also, if anyone else can solve the mystery, when the elevator is used to go to Ford's House of Horrors, the floor number is 882. Anyone find any significance in this? Hmm. No. Maybe one day. Can I read one more comment? Sure. Wherever you'd like. Thanks. Um, Kevin May commented and said, love this episode. Uh, good. I was going to read his. So oh. perfect. Do you want to read nope, it? Go for it. Okay. Um, Kevin May says, love this episode. Action scenes reveals... Plot progression, but still leaving the uncertainty of who knows what and who is what. Ford at the center of his web, pulling strings. He must be foreign because he spelled center. C-E-N-T-R-E. Did you say he's foreign? No, like he's not American. Like he spells (laughs) center in like a cool way. Unless that's a typo. And if so, I'm embarrassed. Ugh. Delete that from the podcast, please. Nope. (laughs) Ford at the center of his web, pulling springs. Springs. Now I'm all worked up. I can't even read. Ford at the center of his web, pulling strings and using his hosts, known and unknown, to monitor and report information on everything going on. I believe that he's very aware of everything that happens in the park. Everything. I believe Delos has a project to use host bodies to contain the minds of board members to basically make themselves immortal. Ford knows this, and this is why he has been restricting data to stop their project whilst he carries out his own. Whilst also sounds like a fancy word. I like this guy. I believe the maze represents a route for the host to self-awareness, something to be earned through their efforts and experience. The reveries and the spread of the infection in the host is a mechanism to have them break their loops and so begin that journey. For it was to raise his host to sentience and free will. Boosh. Good stuff. I love that comment. Awesome. Final thoughts on this week's episode. I don't know if I thought this was the best episode of the season. I know a lot of people are saying that, and I don't know if I'm quite ready to say that yet i have to really look back on the season as a whole and i have not done that but i really like this episode i really like the bernard i really like the outside of the park stuff a lot and i like the stuff with Maeve, but that's kind of outside of the park stuff and it's funny because earlier on in the show it was the inside of the park stuff i was really into sure i was so less interested in the corporate crap but now that's changed and mm. i I feel like I can see a way in which the show is going where we're revealing the stuff about Bernard, what's going on on the outside, Delos and what they're doing. And we're starting to get those reveals and how that can progress to another season and how we can continue and how the mysteries inside the park can continue and go on. And I really like that. I I feel like there's a lot of potential to the show and sometimes I get nervous and I feel like, Ooh, how long can this go on? And then they do something that makes me feel like, there's so much there. Right, right. 
and that the, the things right now that we're like all oh, these big reveals like Bernard is a host and there's multiple timelines and the man in black is William and we're like these are these huge reveals I'm starting to think that those reveals are going to mean nothing compared to like what they ultimately have planned for the show which is really exciting for me I like it and I I, I just love this Bernard stuff it was great it was the perfect reveal I have no complaints about it good shit I uh, I like this episode as well. Um, I like Westworld. You know, man, every week I'm excited to sit down and watch it. And we have a podcast, so we are uh, we have the burden. I know it's such a terrible burden so of terrible. sitting down every week to talk about it for one to two hours. And we do. And in talking about a show for one to two hours, it forces you to think about things differently, to theorize, to wonder, to speculate. This is shit I've said before. But I do want to just remember that sometimes there is something about a show that is intangible that is just good. And I feel like Westworld has an intangible element to it. And I know it sounds like I'm talking like some mysticism bullshit, but I feel like there is, uh, there is what Westworld brings me back every week and I watch it and I enjoy it. And then I stop and I start to really think about it. And I really delve in when I sit down to watch Westworld, I watch it for pleasure and then I watch it again and I have the fucking notepad out. And in those moments where I'm just watching it for pleasure and I'm not sitting there grading it like a teacher and taking notes and shit, it is fucking f- awesome to watch. I really like Westworld. I like watching it. I love the Western aesthetic. I think that's awesome. The, the, the little train fight was cool. I like all that stuff. And then the deeper layers presented as a result of what's going on. And like yourself, Jessica, the corporate intrigue is awesome to me. I like that stuff. I like espionage. Yes assassination, people disappearing, being replaced by robots. That's science fiction gold uh, on a surface level without getting too deep on it. That's why I find it so intriguing. So I'm pleased with Westworld thus far. I like watching it. It's fun. It's refreshing. It's different. And um, I'm having a blast watching it, and I want to continue to watch it. So that is my final thoughts on Westworld this week and kind of overall. Anything else you want to say to these good people? If not, bid them adieu. I'd like to thank you for coming out and listening to me kind of run the show, but not really, but sort of. You did great. For not judging me for my theories and not making fun of me when I failed and Dean yelled at me. Yeah, I remember yelling loudly. Thank you all for coming out and we'll see you again next week. Mm